All right, gentlemen, episode 30, and our stat boy is higher than two hippies in a helicopter right now. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> Cannot confirm that. <laughs> Turn my mic back up. There we go. Are you with us now? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did get some feedback today. They're like, whatever you got going on with stat boy, we love it. So, uh, Well, your resounding evidence for me being high is that I'm drinking a Diet Coke. <laughs> No, I'm going to go with the bags under your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you can blindfold you with dental floss right now. Allergy. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway, uh, just a reminder, website's up to date. If you're listening on YouTube or on Apple and Spotify, if you're on Apple and Spotify, we're also on YouTube. Threestarrecruits.com has links to everything. We also have uh, all the blogs being going up. Uh, Daily Fantasy NFL was a success last week, as well as the sports betting, which was also a success. So if you missed out, jokes on you. I like it. I got to get my shit together, get my bio written, and a yeah. hockey. I have a hockey related blog idea, so that will be up hopefully by next. next Dude, week. he told me his his uh, bio idea. Uh, Epic. It's gonna be good. Just gonna send in your Tinder bio. Is that what's gonna be? <laughs> well, well so if I don't get grinder, yours, like if I don't get yours soon, if I don't get yours soon, that's what I'm gonna do. Grinder. He's got. He's on Grinder though. You gotta. Christian Mingle. <laughs> Blackpeoplemeat.com. Farmers only. Come on. Last week you said I cook what woodchucks in a crockpot. <laughs> I didn't make that up. You I, said that. No, I was I just, that was not that was a story true. about me. That was about. I actually do know someone that has done that. You're the one who's seen woodchucks on a golf course and said, "Oh, crockpot that thing." And I've heard overwhelmingly good Yelp reviews from hillbillies that I know. <laughs> High Rice is a kid's name. What if, he what? would not mind that shout out. That's just what he is like. High Rice? Ty. Ty oh. Rice. <laughs> what, about the, uh, rice? what about the squirrels? You crackpot those two. Yeah, you'd clip them up like a rabbit. They almost end up like chicken wings, how you have a drum and a leg. So I'll, before before we attack you for the squirrels, I've actually hit squirrel at a crackpot. I didn't do that. I just kind of like... Put them in there, let them simmer. And then I think I think we're out of this. Yeah, I think it's uh, two against two here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure neither Adam or I have ever had squirrel. Hot tip, don't eat them before the first frost. Or else they'll have worms and fleas. <laughs> before the first frost. <laughs> wow. Well, they're open September 1st, so there's no frost. Oh, you heard that here first. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking news, do not eat your squirrels. Yeah. This is a Hold sports up. podcast, before and we're talking squirrel frost. hunting. Squirrel so. hunting. <laughs> That's that's a modern or that's in a current sport, I guess you could call it. Yeah, small it games September. out there. Yes. Yeah. All right, let's move on to real sports. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk golf then. Uh, How high game. are you? Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's a game. Jeez. Sacrilege. But is there a boo? <laughs> you you the one. Grab them. I can't remember where they are. I'll just give myself crickets for that. <laughs> Oh so where you guys want to start? You want to start with the uh, U.S. Open or football? Hmm. Um, let's recap football, I guess. Okay. So week one, as I said, if you missed out on the bets, I went four and two. So you should have cashed out on my picks if you did read that blog and put those bets in. I say four and two. I pick five games every week that are my picks. But I threw in an extra if you read all the way to the bottom. The one to avoid was 
the Bengals Chargers game was stupid. It was like Chargers minus three, but the over under when I did all the research was forty four and a half. I think it dropped to forty one and a half. So I threw a bet in on the under. It didn't come close. It was under a lot. So I add that to my tally. Excuse me. If you uh, if you read Mike's blog or listened to the podcast last week, which we missed Mike this week, so have fun in your uh, honeymoon. He's not honeymoon. Anniversary. I went to his wedding last year. He's his anniversary. They're going away for a week. Uh, if you took Mike's advice, you probably cash on DraftKings too. Did you? I did. Cash? Yeah, cash? I did. Yeah. yeah. By what? What sort of ratio? Well, like, it depends on what you played in. I just played in like a few double ups and I, I cashed. Yeah. I didn't cash much, but it was slightly possible. I wasn't aggressive either. Yeah. I also cashed in golf for the last two weeks. I was very aggressive. <laughs> oh, I didn't know if you put a su- if Mike puts like a suggested denomination for the week or something. No, it's like if you play fifty bucks, this is what I predict. No, it's because like not DraftKings is like you do double ups, two multipliers, you just do like tournaments yeah. and stuff. So he just does the lineup based on stats and gotcha. ideas. So you're aggressive. Did you get paid out aggressive? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, about six times what I put in. So. Yeah, he sent me a screenshot yeah, of what week. he was winning, and it was significant. Is that going to get you a little bit closer to paying the seven nineties off? Uh, no. I could not believe how much those cost. <laughs> right. Especially since they're uh, technically kind of discontinued now with all the other ones coming out. Yeah. Old model. Sure. Did you get them yet? Yeah. Oh boy. You going to the range this week? Have you? Yeah. Have the you next, hit them yet? The next two days. Listen, yeah. Have you hit them yet? We're no. playing a tournament on Saturday. No, I haven't hit them, hit them yet. <laughs> I haven't hit them. It's currently Wednesday night. Correct. I got two days. Okay. You hear any? Uh, How can you order brand new irons? Be so pumped about them getting here, and then not even hit them for a week. Just wants to look at them. I've been riding bikes. You could have found an hour to go to the drive. You should have rode your bike to the driving range of the, the new clubs. In the last week. <laughs> That's true. I have a bigger question. I'm going to point out the elephant in the room. Back in, I'm going to say, February, January, we tried to convince you to join the golf course as a member, and you said, <laughs> you said no because I won't use it. Yeah. Right. Well, that was only eight hundred $900. How much have you spent on clubs this year? A lot. And you can justify playing enough to use those? Yeah, because I'm going to keep them. It's not for one year. Yeah, but what you spent on clubs could probably pay for three years of a membership. No, not that much. I bet it's close. 100%. Close. 100%, close, yes. but not not fully. I, I'm, I don't know. This is this is close. It's like 850 for a membership. Yeah. But I also played like eight times up there this year. Because you didn't have a membership. You didn't want to pay green no, fees. I didn't. <laughs> no, and I he didn't practiced zero, by the way. <laughs> don't you worry about it. We're going to be good. You heard it here first. So the only issue is going to be the distance because the lofts are so different. That's the lofts. Good to hear. You know, the lofts. Maybe if you hit them, you'd know. <laughs> We're going to hit them. Don't worry. Don't you worry. I asked. I said, if I don't get a partner, can I pay both entries and just play two balls on my own? <laughs> Maybe that's I the said safer yes. route. <laughs> you don't have to come. You want to play solo alternate show. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're actually going to talk about football. Week one's in the books. Our bills looked really good, by the way. Yes. A couple of little hiccups, but who didn't have hiccups for week one? Mm-hmm. Uh, your overall thoughts on how the week went? 
I thought it was Aside from better, the Bills. better play than I expected. Um, so I did have a friend who was listening to something, and someone said, bet the over on every game this week. So he took the advice, all the one and four o'clock games, and he was like nine and three. On the over? On the overs. And they, they said the closest thing they could compare it to was the lockout. And when they came back from the lockout, tackling was not good. I'd like to see what his lines so, were because according to my lines that I got from the MGM, I think it was nine was, three or eight and four maybe, but he, it was very good. Um, so, I can tell you what I had. Um, so they they that was the closest thing they could compare it to because of no preseason and everything else, and they said tackling would be bad, but I I didn't. I mean, there was definitely it didn't seem more than any other week that there was missed tackles. So. So based on the lines that I was given or I used, which I'm making adjustments this week because I got my lines last week, I want to say like Tuesday. So based on the lines I got from MGM, it was 8-8 eight and eight based on those lines. Right, but he didn't do the Thursday, Sunday, or two Mondays. So I think he – and he ended up taking the under on the Cowboys game Sunday night and won. Yeah. So I know, I know he definitely lost the – the Cincy game, obviously. And then... So he didn't read the blog. <laughs> well, he just took the over on everything. He didn't and read then, the blog. That was a game to avoid. Um, I think the <clears throat> over didn't hit on Arizona. Arizona San Fran. It missed by like two or three. I can look. So, but I guess that was the way to go. Now it was stat boy. I, th- I thought it was a... <laughs> overall, it was a good week. There were some good games. Um, Washington. Arizona San Fran was the under. Washington was, their defense was outstanding, which I was shocked. Of course, I don't know if Was Philly, it outstanding or was Philly just ass? A well, little bit of both it, to me. Yeah, and it, well, and it helps Washington's defensive line is really good. So that, and that's where Philly struggles is on the offensive line. So they knew that was going to be the issue. Um, but still Philly didn't look good. They did, and then they didn't. <laughs> at, at times, they I'll did. get into that. Um, Colts, I don't. I think everybody expected them to be a lot better. And the defense to step up a little bit. Um, not that I don't know what, what Minshew was. He was like nineteen of twenty for like one hundred and eighty yards, but he had three touchdowns. Did I not call that into the? I texted that right. That the Lions would. No, they didn't rumble play the Lions. In the fourth quarter. No, this was Lions played the Bears. <laughs> oh, I thought. You, oh, you're talking about the Browns. Lions, Tigers, Bears. Oh my. Yeah. Sorry, um, I'm all confused <laughs> over here. I'm looking at all the results. To, you're good. Go ahead. So I can tell you, my two misses for my picks were exactly what you just said. I had the Colts and the Eagles winning, and I think that surprised even Vegas because the I Vegas think. lines were minus seven, six and a half to seven to seven and a half for the game, and it's. And I know a lot of those lines are set. I think there's even lines set for week three already. Because even this week going into it, obviously Colts got beat by Jacksonville. Right now, well, as of yesterday, the Colts were favored by three over Minnesota. Which is surprising. Because Minnesota did put up points, but... They are favored. To be favored by that many after just getting beat by a team that people thought might win three or four games. Yeah, I'm not. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, your thoughts, unless you have more over there. I'm going to add a couple of tidbits. So we don't have to take turns. Not a- your um, turn. Raise your hand. Pass the talking feather. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't watch a ton of games. A couple things stuck out of me is it's probably no surprise. Patrick Mahomes looked like he didn't miss a beat. I mean, he is very impressive. I thought that offense – we knew it would be tough to beat anyways, and then you throw in that Edwards, Alaire, the running back. So the last couple of years, it's basically been all through the air for them. Yeah. And now you throw in a running game because Edwards, Alaire, ran for 138 with a touchdown on 25 carries. So They had a good of, running back at one time, and then he uh, swatted his girlfriend and got well, cut. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you add a running game to that offense now, it's – yeah. Even tougher to game. Yeah, for. and he's a he's good out of the backfield too, catching balls. So that certainly adds yeah. another, yeah, yeah. just another dynamic. You know, what he reminds me of work done. Like they just yeah. tiny little dude that. Yeah, he's tiny. Yep. He's got some. He's got a little pop behind him though. I think. Yeah, yeah. He's not afraid to take a hit. Yeah. Um, a couple quarterbacks. One of them I'll talk about later, but Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson. Up some big numbers. They look outstanding. I think it's time to. I think a lot of people still question Lamar Jackson, and I. I don't really understand why. The guy is a hell of a player. I mean, this week he put up 275 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He seems to do that pretty routinely, but just people still question player. whether or not he can even throw the ball, just because he scrambles a lot. I don't. My definition of a good quarterback would be: Are you taking care of the ball and are you winning games? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And he's clearly he's doing, doing that. that. Clearly doing that. <laughs> yeah. There were no fumbles in there either. Uh, I don't. Didn't look that up. Probably. Probably not. They put the Browns. I can look that up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. um, it was not pretty. I don't think there was. Yeah. Bills. Obviously, we watched that game. The Bills look good. Um, Josh Allen with a pretty good stat line. He. Yep. Nice helmets. He is one that I think does need to protect the ball a little bit That's more. That's kind of where I, I was hoping yeah, it would lead to I've, when I asked. I've got no problem with him running. He did. He lead, led the team in rushing 57 yards and a touchdown, and I think he had the most attempts possibly, but so I think he carried it like 14 times. But he didn't run the ball a lot. He often runs right. with the ball palmed in his hand, and it's no surprise that defensive players are able Hanging to Hanging it that way out. outside of his torso, yes, too. I, yeah. I don't like that. He's just I, – I don't – I have no problem with him running at all. He's got to protect the ball a little bit better, in my opinion. Doesn't it worry you guys at all when you see him leave the pocket? Don't you think he's just going to get wadded up? I'd like to see him leave the pocket less on drawn-up plays. If he has to scramble, that's one thing that he has that ability. That's that's great to have in a quarterback. I just feel like they need to be running less plays designed for him to run. Yeah. Like these – I mean, when they're on the goal line, he ran that ball in. That's okay. Because it's just like a, a mad dash out of bounds. Like yeah. he's trying to get to the pylon. That's one thing. But these middle of the field, these drop back and run a draw play. Yeah. So, so one thing, going back to Lamar Jackson, because I just thought about this when you asked about the fumbles. So last year in the playoff game, Allen, when he was getting tackled there and he freaking threw that ball, yeah, tried to wherever the hell it was. Mm-hmm. So Lamar Jackson on Sunday was like 10, 15 yards past the line of scrimmage running getting tackled, and just turns and tosses it to his running back, who had no clue it was coming. It hits the ground, bumps around, and they recovered it. 
but like that's just another play. Like you know what I mean? Like there was no need to throw it. Yeah, what are you going to get out of it? Yeah, especially if you've already gained and they were fifteen yards. Yeah, so they were down. He would have been tackled like the eight or nine yard line. It wasn't like anything crazy, but he did the same thing Allen did. Just so happened hit his running back and he recovered it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, these guys are younger guys still making mistakes, not thinking about it. Sometimes, sometimes it almost looks like young guys that are trying to get on the highlight reel and. You know, yeah. instead of worrying about the overall game, and that's what I want. I worry. That's what I, I think. That's what I worry about with Lamar this year. He was so last year. It was all Lamar Jackson. Every every week there was two or three highlights, crazy highlights. Yeah. I don't know if he's in that mentality. Like I have to keep doing that to win. And if so, it it could hurt him during the season. But that that's the only thing that would worry me is is he going to try to make those highlight reel runs when he doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. I thought Josh looked good in the sense that he looked less frantic in the pocket. He didn't. Yes. I mean, last year he would drop back, and he didn't give it any time at all, and he was trying to, like, it's almost like he felt like he was getting pressure even when he wasn't. He was, like, flush out of the pocket, and he didn't need to be. And I felt like a couple times he would get back. To, last year he would get back, and he just he was bouncing, like looking for, you know, just hurrying through his progressions. There were a couple times I saw him this week, he just – he was standing flat-footed, just like going through his progressions. He felt he looked really comfortable in the pocket. Yeah. First, should mention first time over three hundred yards in his career. First, first time ever. First bill since two thousand sixteen. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to see them actually throwing it down the field finally. Well, so well, that's one thing I noticed during the game. A couple of things. They did not throw any. I mean, they threw. He threw a couple deeper balls, I guess, to Diggs and Brown, but there was nothing sixty yards downfield. Everything was a crossing pattern. You know, mm-hmm. I think he threw one like thir- the one that put him close to 300 was like a 35 yard oh. pass to Diggs yeah. on the sideline, but it was a crossing route still. <clears throat> I wouldn't, so, I wouldn't have minded seeing it, especially up that once big. or twice at least yeah. to Diggs, especially. I literally thought I said to him as soon as the game started, I I had this feeling yeah. that the first play of their game was going to be Diggs just busting it down the sidelines just for shits, and Allen was going to throw it yeah. to him. I literally right. thought that was going to be the first yeah. play of their, game. and it, I mean it wasn't, but that would yeah, be cool. I don't think it's smart to try to throw a fifty yard bomb once every set of downs, but go ahead and do it once a quarter. Or yeah. Something. yeah. At least try to air it out air it out a little bit. But. so obviously he ran a lot in the first half. And then second half the offense kind of stalled a little bit. Which we saw last year. Yeah. So do you and he didn't run as much in the second half. I feel like that offense does not go when he doesn't run. I think there's still issues with Dabble's play calling. Yeah, but I, it, you know, when when Allen runs, I feel like he keeps moving the chains, and when he tries, when he thinks about it and tries not to run, that's when they start stalling out. Don't forget too that I shouldn't say I don't want to say he's like should just keep running all the right. time, but I feel like he gets to a point and he's like, like they've told him like be careful running, and then he's like in a mindset like don't run. Yeah. Keep in mind too, they missed two field goals. Correct, missed, but yes. Yeah, they said one of them was potentially in, but. I, like, I want to get into that. How is that not reviewable? But last year, pass interference was reviewable. Yeah, that's. It seems crazy to me that you can't review whether a ball know. was. Did they have the camera? It's, it's not reviewable above the above when the goalpost right. because there's no camera angle that would give you a definitive yeah. answer. Right, but I mean, right, it's same subjective as if it was defensive pass interference or not. Yeah, but you need a camera angle, right? Yeah, at least. I mean, they had one that was. Pretty close, but yeah, pretty close isn't definitive on something. That's well, right, but pass interference is definitive either, right? 
Yeah, with pass interference, you got multiple camera angles of guys swatting at each other and stuff. But pass interference is can be an opinion based penalty. I get if that's what you're getting yeah. at. Yeah, field goals either in or out, black or white, and there is no camera angle that gives you that. They used to have camera on the back of the crossbar. I don't know if they still do or not to look straight up. It would follow the ball, but I don't know if they even do that anymore. I think they have them, but I still don't know if that would that be definitive because it's no. It, off it would have you'd have to look. You need like a only, drone up there. The only definitive camera angle would be as if you had cameras on top of the goalposts pointing up. Right, almost like, like a digital laser above, or something. Yeah. Yes. So I think that's why it's not reviewable. <clears throat> I mean, it didn't matter in the game, so it's whatever. But yeah. I did have that written down. I don't know if it was because of the Bills and then uh, was it Tennessee in the night game. The kicker was over four. Gus Kelsey was going to, into the last yeah. kick. Yeah, so I don't know. If I had that written down. Trying to go a step further. Nineteen field goals missed this week and five extra points. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm getting at. Is it, that's crazy? Kickers in general looked horrible. So yep. I don't know if they. You would think with preseason shouldn't matter. They should have had enough practice time to just go out and kick. And I don't know. I, yeah, that was my. Th- my I don't thought. know if those two equate to each other or not. But either way, the kickers look horrible in general. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What did you think of the Steelers Giants game? Did you watch that one? Didn't watch much of it. I, was I just always hockey. I enjoy watching Big Ben. Yeah. I don't know why. What it is about him, Ben? So here's my thing: watching him run down the field is kind of comical. <laughs> so I've never <laughs> maybe that's part of never it. Never been a huge Roethlisberger fan. Just I don't know. There's something about him. I didn't, wasn't a huge fan. But at some at some point, Ben's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, without a doubt. Right. Yes. But Roethlisberger does something that Carson Wentz does, and they criticized him for it. He hangs onto the ball too long in the pocket. He, he, he's Lots not. Lots of he, narrow escapes. He does. Yeah, but he's, there's always there, he gets to a point where he's, he gets he hangs on too long, then the play breaks down. Instead of, I know he's not a scrambler, but you could go four yards to your right or left when you're getting that much pressure and dump it out of bounds, and not take four or five yard loss for your team. Yeah. I thought Ben looked okay, but Monday morning it was oh my gosh, Ben's back. He looks so great, or whatever night they played. They played Monday night, right? Yeah, so it's so Tuesday. Tuesday morning. He looked okay. I thought Ben had a lot of signs of rust. He really did. Yeah, he did <clears throat> also miss almost all last season, right? But the the reason I say that is because ESPN come out and made it sound like the guy just threw up like a career game. And I'm like, easy. Steelers beat the Giants, who we don't have expectations for, and they they knew they were going to have to rely on Barkley. Still got a quarterback who's extremely green. He didn't do that much. I mean, probably look up his numbers. That's all. That's I was going to say something about the obviously they're playing the two twenty three, I believe, and three touchdowns. Right with playing twenty nine. Yeah, with playing the Giants, their secondary's very young and kind of depleted. So it'll be it'll be interesting how they got the Broncos this week. So I mean, he had little, like <laughs> he had a touchdown pass to Juju, that, which was he just kind of like he just kind of threw it out there and yeah. Juju ran under it. Yeah. So he looked all right. I mean, it's better for the Steelers from what they had. So sure, but I didn't think he was the superstar that the <laughs> Tuesday morning ESPN made him. Not a chance, not in my opinion. I can agree with that. He probably wasn't even a top five quarterback last week in week one. No, I don't no, know I if he was top ten, maybe. But that's what I'm saying is the next morning ESPN was like, oh, man, he's just like, come on, man. Get off his dick. 
just my opinion. My what, opinion matters. What did you guys think about Randy Bullock? Who? Randy Bullock. I do not the, know who Randy Bullock is. Yeah. The kicker for Glad the I'm Bengals. Chance to tie the game from 31. Oh, and he almost nice. missed a freaking net. He said he had a calf cramp, and then the next day he said he had two calf cramps. <laughs> so Double calf cramp. It looked like, to Get me... the guy a banana. <laughs> well, <laughs> to me... It's like he kicked it, and he saw he was going so far right. He was like, oh, shit, just grab something on my leg. So it makes yeah. it feel like. I probably like would have done the same thing. That, uh, that sounds like something LeBron would do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, oh, I airballed it? Oh, my fingers. Something like that. You know? <laughs> as soon as he kicked it, I don't know who they flashed to in the booth, but he was like, are you fucking kidding? Because, <laughs> dude, he, I, I have a friend, they posted the pictures, or the videos, obviously. He said, "I watched it five times because I was confused where the where the damn ball went. It was so far right from thirty yards." If he feels that way, there's more than one kicker on the roster, right? There's only one kicker on the whole. Usually, round. can't the punter go out and kick a field goal? Usually, or that... holding. Yeah, they're usually holding it. But yeah. if it, it looked like, obviously, you can say a cramp because then you can say, "Oh, my cramp went <coughs> away now." Like, but it's like he kicked it and he was like, "Oh shit, that is so bad. Let me just reach down and." Grab something. I felt that way about Tiger Woods with his back issues at certain points. I don't know if anybody else relates to that or not. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think we want to get into that, but I've I, had I, back can, issues, so. I can somewhat agree with yeah. that. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I thought that kick was so bad. It was like. I don't even know. Was it even high enough? If it was straight, we got over the crossbar? Oh, yeah. Was he high enough? Are we talking about <laughs> boy? Or? Oh, no, no, no. We're oh, talking about the oh, kick. Oh, huh? Gotcha. He's coming back down to earth over there. I hear the balloon helium coming out. I don't know. It was just nice to have football back. Yeah. Right. Which, you know, it was nice to have football back, which reminds me, what the fuck was up with your text the other night? I'm like, this is a great game. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't even know. I'm like, is he behind? That was one of his fishing texts where he doesn't give any subject. (laughs) Yeah. Sends out a statement. And you're I like, did. tell me you're not serious. And I'm like, uh, last, I am serious. Last, it's Monday last, Night Football. Last week you said you were enthralled in hockey, so I assumed you were watching a hockey game. I was watching Monday Night Football. And 20 minutes prior we were talking about hockey because Taylor's checking out the the host. I didn't know if he was watching WWE. What, I didn't know what he was watching, okay? <laughs> I didn't know if he was on Christian Mingle. I don't know what he was doing. Someone with a microphone Taylor was talking about, or he's already had a couple of them. <laughs> I get, it gets blurry. It's as blurry as his vision right now. Did you ever figure out who that was, by the way? No. We talking about? I, I don't even, I don't know if she's not in the hockey department and that I tried to like Google around and. So it wasn't, it wasn't AJ? No. And it definitely wasn't Catherine Tappan. No, the person was probably about my age. <laughs> that doesn't <Yeah>. help. <laughs> well, the people you were telling me, I looked them up on their Wikipedias were saying they were like. Yeah, but I feel 40s. like you put makeup on them and they look 10 years younger. It's totally possible. Camera, totally lights, possible. whatever. Um. Random side note, does anyone else hear that cricket? Yeah, it's yeah. outside. Okay. It's annoying me. <laughs> yeah. It's the season for him. I had a cricket in my hallway in my uh, apartment one time. Those bastards are really loud. In, yeah, in, yeah, in the house. Space. And it was like 2 in the morning. It woke me up. Yeah. So You think it was a fire alarm going off? No, but I had my fire, my smoke alarms going off. That's probably like a year ago. He had his fire arm in his hand looking for the cricket. <laughs> yeah. I woke up to my smoke alarms. About a year ago, that that gets you out of bed. Just real the chirp yeah. sound that it makes. Real you mean? quick, no, like going. Oh, off. actually going off. I thought that you was, meant the low battery chirp. That's no, just no. it was faulty going off. I searched my whole apartment, went downstairs, make sure my furnace wasn't on fire. 
apartment next to me was empty at the time, so I even went over there. It was like three in the morning, make sure nothing over there. Yeah. Did you put pants on or no? No, hell no. no. <laughs> pants. I do that. Pants are optional. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So crickets and fire alarms. We got that update. Yeah. What's next? So <laughs> I do. I have a couple for you guys. There's a couple of people, which I'm kind of proud of myself because when I did my fantasy draft, my personal fantasy draft, which I lost my game this week by one point because I played a guy who had Devontae Adams who went bananas. Yep. And B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Oh, my God. Anyway. Taylor. Oh. Taylor. It doesn't even. Taylor, I spelled response. bananas there, just in case you were curious. Yeah, I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> He's learning finally. <laughs> sounding things out yet? Or? I'm not to sounding out yet. So I had, Noah, I had uh, Noah Font and Juju going Monday night. Juju put up a good game. I was like, hmm, it's not, not very often a tight end will put up some points. Five catches, like 81 yards on a touchdown in the first half. I was down one point for the entire half. He just needed a catch. It was a PPR league. He needed like one catch in five yards. They threw at him once and there were like six seconds left and got deflected. Story of my fantasy career. Anyway, there were some people I thought after my research that where they were not going to be great picks this year and kind of overrated. Uh, Gronk was one of them. Tom Brady was the other one. And Saquon Barkley, who had, what, 15 carries? Yeah, Barkley's going to – I mean, there were plenty of Steelers, good defense, but I think Barkley's going to struggle. Not struggle, but he's going to he's gonna have a tough time putting up big numbers. 15 carries, I think, eight of them for negative yards. He, he only had at, what, at six yards? At one point, yards? he had, like, negative eight yards, I think, after, like, six carries or something. It was Yeah, I think he had, what, six yards? Yeah, I mean, that offensive line isn't good, so. Scrambling Ben Roethlisberger had more rushing yards than Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Then Monday night. It, yeah, he's, I think he'll have trouble with that. That offensive line still isn't good for the yeah. Giants, so. They yeah. have other issues, too, but. Yeah. They just got to, they got to find a way to get the ball in his hands. And obviously, running is not the key. What was Daniel Jones doing? He had that one drive. Looked great. Moving the ball. They get down like five, six yard line. He's out of the pocket. He could have just tossed it out of bounds. And he throws it up to like the only people who were going to catch that. It was somebody on the Steelers team. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lineman caught I, it. I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier. These young guys like feel like they have to make a play instead of just throwing it out. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I think we saw Josh do a few times this week, which was good to see. That's, Just throwing yeah. the ball away. You mentioned Brady. I, I think, you know, none of us are Brady fans, but I will admit in the past, that's one thing with him where if there's not a play there, he'll chuck it. He'll get out of the pocket and chuck it in the, oh, first, you led the, the first row. Yeah, he led the league in intentional grounding last year. <laughs> well, yeah. But even, that's, even that's, if it's not intentional grounding, I mean, he'll, he'll get out of there yeah, he does. and throw the thing away because – he recognizes there's nothing there. Right. There's no reason to force it. Well, right, and that's how him, Eli, and Matt, Eli, and Peyton played so long, right? They got rid of the ball, didn't yeah. take hits. Yeah, you don't need to force anything. So well, let's talk about Brady. Karen Brady. I love those memes. <laughs> You've seen them? They Photoshop him asking for oh, a manager when yeah. he's on the bench. And he's just By the way, before we, get, having a good time. before we get into Tom Brady, I was going to open with this. I can't believe I forgot, but you just said Karen which kind of like hit a spark in my head. Carol Baskins was on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, my gosh. She she danced to Eye of the Tiger. I watched it, the <laughs> highlight of it. It was painful. That's disturbing. 
Well, the, here's the best part of this whole story. Carol Bass is on Dancing, Dancing with the Stars. Her husband, her ex-husband that they thought she killed, his family bought a $100,000 uh, commercial space to ask for help in finding the conviction of her uh, their missing yeah. father and mentioned her name in it. Check the meat grinder. Yeah. <laughs> True story. Yep. Yeah, I saw the... I did not watch Dancing with the Stars, but no, you saw, I saw that I didn't com- watch either. I, I saw that commercial <laughs> floating around. I didn't watch Big Brother either, so, geez, get off me. Uh, nothing wrong with that. A lot wrong with that, but we'll move on. So, Brady, does Tom Brady need Bill Belichick? Does Bill Belichick need Tom Brady? More. Oh, Tom needs Bill. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, uh, and some of it could be just not, obviously, a brand-new team and not having time to <clears throat> gel. Say, that, that's, I think the Bucks are probably the team in the league that most misses having a preseason. Yes. You got a new quarterback, obviously playing for a new coach. You have a tight end, even though they have Howard, but you got a, a high-profile tight end they brought in who did not play last year. Right. And you have a running back that you just picked up because he was really in Fournette that was just released, whatever, two or three weeks ago. Yep. I think the, the first drive of the game, they looked, Good. Yeah, it looked really good. Yeah, and I think that is a glimpse of what they can be. I think they're, like I said, the team in the league that most needed a preseason. Yeah. So, and he's got it. He's got it this week. If he doesn't look good this week, they're playing Carolina, whose defense is not good. So, this is this is their week to. I think I think we'll see. You know, is is Brady who he can be? I mean, the Saints have never been really known to have a great defense, right? Yeah, but uh, I think they're still. I wouldn't agree with that. I would say they're definitely a top. I bet you they're close to a top five defense in the league. Yeah. The Saints? Yeah. yeah, I got it over over there. A defensive ranks are on one of those boards over there from last season. Statman, check Shall it I out. Grab it? Yep, it's on one of those boards over there. I, I would still say they're. A, Is that defensive stats? I would. It's I would like say I, for sure they're a top ten defense. Oh, the ranks. Yeah. yeah. What's uh, what are the Saints on defense? Eleven. Eleven. And of that, the Cowboys are terrible. Cowboys defense is not good. So I didn't I didn't rank them. I just well, I know. I'm just saying. I just I, I'm, what I'm getting at is I feel like the Saints have been more known for their high powered offense as opposed to their defense. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I agree with that statement. Yeah. But yeah, I think their defense has gotten better past I'll say three years. So they're playing who next week? Tampa. Yeah, Tampa's playing Carolina, Carolina. I believe. So. In Tampa too, I believe, right? I I don't know. I think they're home next week. I feel like it doesn't. I feel like it really doesn't play a big difference this year. Yeah, the only thing that really matters there is whether you're sleeping in your own bed or a hotel, right? Yeah. I mean, there's always a comfort about playing at home, but yeah, the the true home field advantage, twelfth man kind of stuff is. Except, not, I guess not that, well, I guess except when you're in Florida. Yeah, it's gonna be a home game for the Bills next week in Miami. <laughs> I'm waiting to see how many Bills fans are in Miami. Be a ton. It'd be my so guess. what thirteen thousand fans are letting in. So yeah, I don't know. It'd be 12,500 12, Bills fans. Speaking of no fans, just real quick stat. I saw this today. Uh, per game stadium revenue loss without fans in attendance, the Cowboys number one with seventy-seven million. This these stats include uh, tickets, concessions, sponsors, parking, and merchandise. Seventy-seven million. Per game. Per game. 
And then from there goes New England, thirty-nine million. The Giants, thirty-two million. The Texans and Jets both twenty-seven million. Because of no fans. I guess the Patriots surprisingly being up that high, but it's probably price a ticket. I, I I mean I guess they're Boston, so it's a bigger market anyways. But still, yeah. I wonder I mean, where where <laughs> L.A. would rank on that with that new stadium they have. You know, once they were able to collect that, number. I was, yeah, I don't know because you'd probably have to have some sort of numbers to go off yeah. from, right? Same, right, same with That's Vegas. A, Both of those are yeah, can be big. Ticket a stadium, prices. a stadium in LA is impressive. I'd so, love to see that on a pie chart of how much like the parking takes up. I bet that's a huge slice of that pie. So I was really confused with. So last week going into the weeks, they were talking about the San Fran Arizona game possibly getting postponed a little bit because of the air quality with all yeah. the fires. And then they said same in LA, and I was like, I'm confused. Like it's a dome. I didn't realize it's wide. It's open on the sides. Yeah, it's open. That's I was like, I was like, how wide does air quality matter? They're inside. I didn't realize with the new stadium. Obviously, this first year they've been playing on it, but I didn't realize it was open on the sides. Yep. Yeah, it's not an enclosed building. That like teardrop thing that yeah connects to the ground. It's all open under there. Yeah. The, yeah. That place is crazy though. So I have, I have a question about another quarterback for you guys. <clears throat> and our buddy Ron is a big Eagles fan, and we just got talking about Carson Wentz. And I said, at what point this season? Because once, first of all, they're up 17 nothing, So I don't find the injuries as an excuse. It wasn't like you struggled the entire game to put up points and stop them. You were up 17 nothing with like very little time left going into the halftime. That's Wentz's job to take care of that ball and protect that game. He's, he's the one controlling the game, and he didn't do that. He, he hangs on the ball too much. I think about half of those sacks were his problem. Because he hangs onto the ball. At what point do you, as the Eagles, if this continues, do you uh, do you play Hurts? I mean, he's probably definitely going to get some looks. This, that's that is one game I did not watch any of. Yeah, same here. So that's, that's probably the only game I didn't watch any. He just he hangs on. They tried to blame it on well, they got injuries, but it's like you you were up seventeen nothing. Right. They don't have they don't have any receivers. They Very did. weak receiver. Miles Sanders was out. They did something to get 17 points. He threw for 270, right. but yeah, but the ever, rushing is there's nothing. Got Deshaun Jackson, right? He's hurt now too. Scott yeah. ran for 35, and Clement ran for 19. Jackson got well, hurt like the first starters, series. Ron said, "I don't know how true they're that is." They're starting running backs out. He was out. Yeah, but but I, I'm just saying, like, don't you can't dog on him that hard when well, no one can. really rushed no. for any yardage either. Yeah, but Josh Allen did. You got it. Right? You're up 17 nothing. You have to control the game in the NFL. No, definitely. That's yeah, your job. You pay a lot of money for that. Stick out way more than the. I feel like once once we know can can be a great quarterback, good quarterback. I just feel like his off days and his lows are really low, and that's going to hurt the Eagles. Yeah, he doesn't. I feel like he never plays mediocre. It's not. Yeah, it's not. It's like, always really good or really bad. Yeah, big end of the spectrum there. So, what point? I mean, if if they're zero and four, do you? Do you throw Hurts in there week five? or If you're 0-4? If you're 0-4, yes. Yeah. 100%, yes. I think... Can you see where the Eagles play the f- next three weeks? Yeah, I think... Yeah, I don't... Like I said, I didn't watch much of the game. I didn't watch any of the game, so I don't know. They play Rams, <coughs> Bengals, and 49ers. They should beat the Bengals. Should. The other two games are the, questionable. Yeah, just so they might, Rams so, is close, and I, I would probably favor the 49ers. Eagles are actually favored this week against the Rams by two and a half. Not anymore. Really? It's like plus, or minus two for the Rams now. It changed in a heartbeat. 
because of the it's injuries? Huh? Because of the injuries? No, because of they the original that two and a half was set before. Where'd you, the Sunday where did you game. read that line? It changed when I tried to go down to PA to make the bet quick on the Rams at plus two and a half. <laughs> it changed. It was so yes, yes. as of yesterday. It was minus one, and it changed again today. Okay. That was FanDuel, DraftKings, DraftKings. Yeah, I think at some point you got to, even if they're one and three. Yeah, yeah. If it'll he be, goes out, looks good against Cincy. Do you put a lot of stock in that? No, not really. Right, unless they absolutely blow. Say it depends out. on how good we're talking. I mean, if you put up four hundred yards and five touchdowns, then okay, yeah, give him credit for that. But he could turn around the next week and get smoked. Yeah, yeah. Playing San Fran. I don't know. I just, I understand that like he got him pretty close to a Super Bowl, and then Foles came in and won it. But yeah, I feel I, like at some point his lows are too low. Anytime you draft a, yeah, I know he's not like super high profile, but a relatively big name quarterback like Jalen Hurts, yeah, it's got to be. You don't draft Jalen Hurts to not play him the first right like, two years of his career at all. That's the scutter scuttlebutt. Blah, blah, blah. Scuttleball right now is did the Eagles see this coming? Like they weren't, they don't have a lot of confidence in him, so they took the quarterback. Yeah. And yeah. I think the one thing that could help Wentz is that division's not stellar. That division could be again eight and eight could win it. Yeah. So that, I mean that could help him. Right. But but again, Jalen Hurts has been right. He's been the underdog every step of his college career. So. If you if you give him a chance at starting job, I think if you give if you say week five hurts your starting, Wentz won't see the field again unless hurts you know if something if hurts gets hurt. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. You say the division's weak, but that was a division game and they got beat by right ten points. Right. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So because no one right so no one expects the Giants or Redskins to really do much. Right. So therefore, that weak division might not be in his favor. When you go out and lose to him. Right. Yeah. All right, next quarterback, Baker Mayfield. What do you do? What do you do in Cleveland right now? You yeah. press that crickets button. So that's a we've got one already, an acoustic <laughs> one. Yeah, this, yes. I, that's another game I didn't watch any of. I admit going into last season on paper, I thought their offense looked like it should be, you know, top ten in the league. Right. And had the potential to be real explosive. And that was last season. I think you. Uh, we may have talked about this a couple months ago when we were talking around I draft time. I, I, I think, I think Baker has to have a good year this year, or else the Browns move on. Have from to him. evaluate quarterback position, and at this point, I think he's had long enough in the league to. He's kind of proven he's. So the rumor right now is they they want to trade Odell. They're shopping him. Yeah, I mean. Why wouldn't you I mean if it's it's week one and things didn't go well? Like but you really thought about I, it? I think they finally figured out he's a head case in the locker room. So it's, I'm sure they knew that going yeah, before week sh- one. They should have, but it was the Browns, so we don't know. So he he probably is a head case in the locker room. <clears throat> but when you look at his offensive numbers that are down, does some of that have to do with Baker Mayfield not getting the ball to him also? Yeah. I mean, I watched a little bit of the game because I DraftKings I had Lamar in a couple of lineups and AJ Dobbins, but couple times I flipped over. At one time it was third and 41 for the Browns. Yeah. Which is typical of them. But And then another time I watched like a, I don't know, it was like third and eight. And I don't know if it was Landry or him. Ran an out route. And Baker may have overthrown him by 
at least 10 yards. I think I did see that. Like, it wasn't even close. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 2019 Josh Allen. Yes. Or last week's Josh <laughs> Allen on that one. Over John. On the yeah. back end of the <laughs> yeah. touchdown to John Brown. That Yeah, he missed by 15 yards. Um, I've always kind of liked Baker Mayfield. Same. I have too. I think he's he's a polarizing figure, but I thought he's always been, in my opinion, more on the positive, hey, I just want to have fun and play football kind of person. Great commercials, by the way. Uh, yeah, he's he's great marketing. He's got everything except he's not proving on the football. Come on, field. man. There's two of us that take twice as fast. Don't just stand there. <laughs> yeah, we got to cover the furniture. Somebody said he's now got more commercials than wins. It's possible. That, that might does. be true. Probably not does. Baker Mayfield and not Baker Mayfield's face yeah. <laughs> or body. So I, I'm, I'm starting to lose faith in him as a football player. And I do think, like I said, some of Odell's low numbers last year plus this first game I think I have I, to do a big quick stat. I think I thought I saw was Odell had around. You can double check the stat boy, 12 targets, but he also had a few drops. Yeah. And he always has drops, right? He's, he's always known to drop those easy passes and make the ridiculous ones. Yeah. I, I felt like he, ever since he made that one, one handed catch, that's all he tried to do. Yeah. Just and, do like the crazy catch instead of just catching the football. Right. And, and drops were a problem for him in New York too. So yeah, that's nothing new for him. All right, let's move. Do you have it? He had three receptions for 22, but it didn't show targets. Uh, it, it was definitely double digits. So he yeah, had, I think it was like 11 or 12, something like that. Oh, 10. He had 10 targets. 10 targets. Does it say drops? Uh, well, if he had three receptions, wouldn't that be seven drops? No, he no. could have been overthrown. or. Oh, I guess you're right, yeah. yeah I, there was definitely. percentage, 30 percentage. Doesn't say anything. Uh, that doesn't help either. So. Doesn't help either. I'm guessing it was at least two or three. Let's talk about the Cowboys. None of us are Cowboys fans here. No. Uh, I did watch that game. I had it on the TV. I didn't pay, like, too much attention to it. So, the Cowboys were just, to me, they looked like the Cowboys last year. Typical. Which, by the way, they're 1-7 in seven in their last, like, or 1-8 in, in their last, like, eight, nine games. And games decided by one score, whether it be a field goal or a touchdown. <clears throat> so, I watched that game. There was some... Uh, there were some small mistakes. Uh, C.D. Lamb on a fourth and three didn't run the route deep enough. He made the catch but got tackled, but he didn't run it deep so, enough. Go ahead. I was going to say, that doesn't surprise me with a rookie right. that had shortened practice and no preseason. Yep. Yeah, so I, just, can, I can somewhat excuse that. Yep. So it, it was not his fault. He's got to run that no, deep enough. No, so... I was talking to somebody at work. They're like, "No, go back. See if you can find the play and watch it. Watch Jarwin. Jarwin looked like he was supposed to kind of go up about five, ten yards, and then run the crossing route. Well, he ran it so quick that Lamb had to come underneath him and couldn't get. You could see the the linebacker that was covered. Jarwin made him go under. Made him cross quicker than he wanted to, and Lamb kind of had to adjust and come under." I still feel like you got to know where the first down is and try to a hundred percent. Well, and that's and that's what I said. I said if you're running a fourth and three or third, you know, even third and sevens. How many times do you see a third and seven and a guy runs a curl route, a five yard curl route, and it's like, what is the point of that? Yeah, you on a play like that, make sure you got an outlet. You know, make sure Elliott's out wide if you want, and you can toss it to him if you need to, and he can try to get the first down. My chance, yeah. But no one should run anything less than wherever the first first down down is. Right. I just I never get and that's every team in the NFL, right? Yeah. They all do it and I don't 
Obviously, I'm not an NFL coach, but it does not. It doesn't make sense to me. The other thing was the uh, what was typical Cowboys, in my opinion, was again the the eyes are on Dak and Zeke. A lot of it's you know Dak, and he just he didn't come through. But it's like I watched the end of that game, and we had the pass interference call, which we could get into if you want. But then we have other like just shitty penalties. It's like. You want to put it on Dak, yet the coaching didn't kick the field goal to tie the game, which they should have. Right. To my, in my opinion, the, the games there's not a lot of scoring at that point. Get your points and like make sure you're at least there and like rely on your defense and get the ball back. Instead, they didn't kick the field goal. That's when they missed the fourth and three. It should have been a gimme field goal, and then they, you turn around and you take shitty penalties. Now you put Dak in these third and twenties and third and sixteens. It's like not many quarterbacks are going to be successful at that. Yeah, and then they're like, "Well, he didn't he didn't come through, and it, he needed to." It's like, "Well, it was third and 20, and Then he threw him back out there in fourth down to try to get it. Yeah, so I I know a lot of people are complaining about going for it on fourth. I don't have any issue. There were seven minutes left in the game. I don't either, but because if I if mean, obviously they looking make it, looking, but looking back on it now, you can say, "Why didn't you kick it?" Because you would have tied the game. But yeah, zero same time, point, zero points in the fourth quarter scored by yeah. Both teams, I so mean, if you why not kick a field goal to at least keep it alive. But if you if you feel like because if they get the first time we're not talking about it right, so it I don't I I just don't I don't see an issue with them going for it at that point. If there was two minutes left, three minutes left, then yeah, you take the points. But with seven minutes, L.A. really wasn't moving the ball. Dallas was moving it. L.A.'s defense kind of stepped up, but I I don't have an issue with them going for it at that point with that much time left. I just, I don't know. There's two sides. There's, like, if they get it, we're not talking about it. If they don't get it, now we're talking and, about it. And, like, why they kick the field goal? It's like, I don't know. And yeah. then to your point, nobody scored in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and and I know, I think McCarthy said, he goes, I did all the analytics on it while I was out. Like, at that situation, you go for it. And which McCarthy, 10 years ago, would he have gone for it? Probably not. He probably would have taken the points. But now, right now, everybody's he's trying to prove analytics, yeah. right? It's it's all analytics now, and in that situation, it says go for it. So, I just felt like there was, I don't know, too much blame on Dak not coming through when the defense looked like shit, in my opinion. Yeah, even, oh, yeah. even though people and were scoring, gonna, the defense looked like shit. And they're going to really struggle now with Van Der Esch out. Yep. Because he's out, I don't know how he broke his collarbone, so I assume it's probably six to eight, eight weeks. I say eight, ten weeks somewhere in there, yep. which I so. don't understand that either. But maybe it's because it's a contact sport. But and he's going in for surgery. Your collarbone heals on its right. own in like four weeks, three weeks. Yeah, so. so, well, he's had past injuries. So, yeah. but can we talk about that tattoo on Zeke though? Yeah, I was, we can. <laughs> I was confused when he scored and lifted his shirt up. I was like, the hell? That and when the, I saw the zoom in and said, "Feed me." That is the dumbest tattoo in the world. <laughs> I agree, but. <laughs> Right up there, probably. Yeah. LeBron's probably got a dumb one. So I don't know if it's the dumbest in the world, but it's pretty stupid. Yeah, it's not dumber than the regrets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't pick on Taylor. What? I'm clean. No tattoos here. Oh, right. oh. I thought you said no regrets. I thought you had no regrets. No regrets. regrets. <laughs> no regrets tattoo. Don't you think you would have seen it by now? How would I have seen it? Not if it's your tramp stamp. <laughs> I thought it was a good week one it was I like what you brought up with the football wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be 
I thought the teams that looked the rustiest were actually uh, Broncos and probably Titans. I thought they got off, both got off to a slow start. Uh, other than that, I thought, and not a lot of penalties, which could be something to do with there's not a crowd too as well. Right. But usually, like they're not in sync. You know, first couple of weeks you're taking dumb penalties, but yeah, no, I I think there was like four or five games that only had like two or less penalties in the first half. Like it was. And is that just the refs not, like, letting guys play a little more? I don't know. Who knows? But I'm, I'm sure we'll find out in the next few weeks if there's a lot more penalties called. So One last little off-the-wall thing about football. I know we've been watching sports with crowd noise. That's the artificial noise, like baseball does it with home runs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Seemed kind of aggressive with the football coverage that I watched. Like, like the, the levels were higher than necessary. I get, like, if you want to put it in so it's not dead air. But, like, I walked into Buffalo Wild Wings, and they have it on all the TVs, and there's an overwhelming crowd sound. That's, and it's that's like, Wild Wings in general because they – Yeah. Do so you think yeah. that they it's pump surround that sound. Okay. So there were two different noise situations. Yep. They had the noise being pumped into the stadium over the speakers. It's like 70, 70 decibels, yeah. they said. But what we were actually hearing was the TV broadcast putting – Another Fake layer of noise it into the broadcast that was therefore not heard on the yeah. field. It was just pumped through your TV. Just so I'm seems sure unnecessary that's a tough to thing to tune. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if the it might be the announcers. Like, I mean, if the, it's just just dead silent, and the announcers talking. It at least it's a little noise for them. Yeah. Well, I think too, if you're so. used to watching football, and if you turned on a game and you heard absolutely nothing, it'd probably be a little more weird than hearing noise. Just I feel like you just you spot the inauthenticity of it really quick. I like to have him pump yeah. up some mics a little louder so we hear some on-field yes. stuff. That'd be great. A few more swear words. Yeah. So my last thing with football is uh, ESPN again come out with their power rankings. I had a tweet that went viral by my standards. I got like eight likes earlier. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, McAfee tweeted a video of them of the power rankings. The Bills were seventh on that. In case you were wondering, but here's the one that got me, and I respond. This was my response: the Niners were sixth underneath Green Bay in between Buffalo, and the team that beat them, Arizona, was fifteenth. How was San Francisco sixth on the power rankings, and the team that beat them is fifteenth? You think the injuries they had on offense are a big deal? Cardinals. I, hey, I don't, Cardinals, Niners. You don't have to debate with me. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you what maybe they were thinking. What injuries are you talking about? Are you thinking the they, Eagles? No, they had two or three receivers out. Who did? Niners. I think their top two receivers were out. I wouldn't call them six in the power rankings, though. I mean, there's some I other mean, ones here too. They got they, they got Vegas. They did go to the Super Bowl last year, right? Yeah. You got Vegas 17th, and they have the Eagles ranked higher than them. Right. I. I don't look at power rankings. I feel like they're but stupid. I was just saying, like, I'm looking at this, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Power rankings are stupid in my opinion because there's least, nothing. It's all opinion. At least make I the think top this 10 team teams better. are one. But I, that stood out to me. I'm like, San Francisco 6, Arizona 15. But they were probably like two to start the year, so they lost by four, and Arizona yeah. might be a good team, so you drop them four spots. Anyway, my tweet went viral. I had a little little video with it, so <laughs> might might have got me two more. <laughs> Eight likes, by the way. Thank you. That's all I have for football. I'm ready for week two. Almost. Picks will be out probably tomorrow afternoon. 
hopefully before the game. I don't know if they will because I've already looked at the lines. I would not touch Thursday night's game. Yeah. Who plays Thursday? Bengals Browns. Oh. Real barn burner. Yeah. A game that everybody looks forward to every year. <laughs> yeah. So again, don't touch Thursday night's game. I can throw that on the avoid list. I'll probably watch that for some comic relief. <laughs> my goodness. Good thing hockey's on tomorrow night. All right, let's move on to some golf. You got the U.S. Open. It's kind of a holiday. It's U.S. Open week, major week. It's a major. Yes. Yeah. Which I mean, I caught shit for tonight because we have a baby appointment in the morning. I asked what time the appointment was, and she told me 10 o'clock. I'm like, well, can we show some hustle? We got some other errands. We got to run. I want to get back. <laughs> so I'm trying. I caught some shit for it, though. But, yeah. We so see, we're playing golf Saturday. Mm-hmm. Friday, yeah, Friday. You're probably just, if you need me, I'll be on my couch all day. So if you ever, you know, if you wake up and dead to the world, just come on over. It'll be the, I don't, the round will be done by the time he wakes up. Maybe. So let's talk U.S. Open. I have a couple uh, scenarios I threw out to you two, all of you. I said, put me on record. Bryson DeChambeau will shoot around in the eighties. Does anybody want to – I mean, someone said they wanted to bet. Who wanted that bet? I think we had other bets we've discussed. There was there was some stuff and some text messages, but – I think if he does, it's going to be on the weekend after he makes the cut. I don't think he's making the cut. So you threw out two comments, and I don't – you're kind of coming at us hot right now. But I'm not I, coming to you hot. One of these two said they'd okay. take the bet. Because I was going to say, I actually agree with – will he shoot 80? I don't know. Could it be 78? Sure. <laughs> I feel like there's going to be a lot of scores up there, though. But the other other statement I agree with. He could shoot 80 on Thursday, 72 Friday, and still make the cut. Because you you are the one that I believe said that no one will shoot under par. I think the winning score is over par. So on Friday, who's to say he can't shoot 80 and still make the cut? Because didn't you say he'll shoot 80 and end up trunk slamming? I think he trunk slams anyway, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I agree. I just playing devil's advocate. I was looking at some odds, and even for him to miss the cut, it's only like plus two twenty. I'd take it, but there there aren't many guys that are even better than that. Have you seen this rough? Yeah, it's Arnold Palmer candy. Yeah, <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So the more I look into this, the more I think we're in for a chaotic, high scoring weekend. So, yes, we haven't mentioned it's at Wingfoot, Wingfoot Golf Course, which is this is the sixth time hosting. U.S. Open. Yep. So I'd never really heard of this. But when I started searching into this, I heard about the 1974 massacre at Wingfoot. You're, I assume yep. you're familiar with this one. I am. So that year, 1974, U.S. Open, Hale Irwin won the tournament at seven over par. There was somebody at nine over. They were the only two guys that were better than double digits over par. No players that year broke par in the first round of the tournament. And from what I saw doing just some quick research, I believe 68 was the best round I saw all week. So that's two under par for the major. Did you see what the cut was? No. Plus 13. You can shoot 80 on Thursday and still make the cut. (laughs) So you're saying I have a chance. (laughs) No, you don't. So... Fast forward to 2006 was the last time Wingfoot was there. Jeff Ogilvie won at five over par. And there are people, 
I guess, I don't know if they're there or they're seeing all this, that were around to remember the 1974 massacre at Wingfoot. Yep. And they're, they're claiming that the conditions this year are much worse than they were in 1974. And we've seen all the videos now with social media, guys going with a sleeve of balls, chucking them in the rough, and you can only see the top of one of them. Greens Some are probably them. faster now than they were in 74. Yeah, the greens are unbelievably fast. Is, is that the f- the favorite social media post now in majors? What's that? Throw, throw balls in the rough. <laughs> I mean, that's the, everyone <laughs> right? wants yeah. to know what the rough yeah. looks like yeah. in the open. So, Yeah. Do you think – so what I'm oh, go ahead. What I'm getting at is your second comment that you said that the winner will be over par. I believe that that happens easily. I, I think too. the winner of this tournament could be somewhere around those numbers that I just mentioned of plus five, plus seven could win this tournament. We got guys talking about laying up on par threes. I'm not yeah. kidding you because yeah. they asked Webb Simpson today. Like we've had people tell us they they might lay up on par threes. Have you thought about that? And he's like, <clears throat> I don't plan on laying up on a par three. But I can tell you that if I'm between clubs, I'm 100% taking the shorter yardage. And, you know, we're, I'll yeah. take that 10-yard wet shot because it's everything's that difficult. I saw another video floating around somewhere on social media. I can't remember if it was a Golf Channel or Golf Digest employee that was like a 12 handicap or something. He went to that par 5 that's like 600 yards or something. Yeah. So, again, he's like a 12 handicap. And he, he Basically, he was saying, hey, I'm like the average golfer out there. He hit a tee shot. He didn't hit it great. He hit it like 240, 250 or something like that. And he was like 40 yards shy of reaching the fairway, which obviously these guys on tour are substantially longer than that. <laughs> but it just shows how little error there is for this. Zero, yeah. The 12 handicap couldn't even go out on this par five, and he couldn't even reach the reach the fairway. So. I think if the weather moves through that we had today down there with the wind, that's going to be it's, – it's blowing hard enough. It's going to cause an issue depending on – layout of the holes a couple of things to remember they've known well in advance they weren't gonna have fans there is no grandstands and no fans so there's no place to these some of these guys to dump it into the grandstands and bail out yep. if it goes over and they get their drop and there's no fans out there trampling rough down so if you hit it too far right you're not on trampled grass not only are there no fans trampling the ground down but there's no fans to see where the ball's, ball's going so you're real i i think I don't know how many spotters they typically put per hole. So USGA said they, they did bring in some extras. They're using caddies that are normals at wing foot. They said they've been doing research over the last few days during practice rounds to see where balls are landing in common areas to put a couple spotters here and there in yeah. trouble areas. Um, but if you're, if you're a spotter and the ball lands 20 yards away from you, whether whatever direction, in the rough – as thick as that rough is, you can, yeah, 12, you can, 12 to 20 inches, and you and I throw a ball over to that corner of this room right now. We might have trouble finding we it. We know the general area, but we might not find yeah. the ball. Right, and that's a, and that, that would be the fear, right? Then you get, if you get six guys looking for that ball, someone steps on it. Yeah, that'd be not, the best case scenario, yeah, though, because well, then you can find it. Because well, you can drop it. Right, yeah. but you could drop it. That doesn't mean. <laughs> well, if someone steps on it, you have to recreate the lie as best as possible. Yeah, yeah. but. I'd be just saying it's not quite as good as it, a drop, I would assume. In that rough, you're going to get a horrible lie anyways. So if somebody has to step on it to find it, I'm perfectly happy with that. So that first cut off the fairway is just kind of like it's a first cut. I wouldn't consider it rough. But then that first cut of rough is deeper than East Lake and is playing like East Lake, how tight it is and soft. It's just kind of fluffy, so the balls are settling in that. Yeah. And then right off from that, I mean, we're talking 10 yards off the fairway. 
Maybe right. not. Maybe sometimes <laughs> less. That stuff is nasty. And we know how cool it's getting around here now. I mean, if that grass that, holds that, moisture, it gets a little wet. Especially, you know, these guys that are teeing off at, I don't know what time, first tee time, like probably 7, 7.30, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. That's going to be difficult getting the ball out of there. That's actually sort of what I was going to pose at Ruff, or at Russ was, we've all seen like what Rupert played tournaments with way back in the day. Mm-hmm. There's been leaps and bounds in technology. Do you think that the guys today are going to be hitting a lot better shots out of the Ruff than if you were to pull up that 1974 the footage, I mean, they were yeah. playing tiny little butter knives with no. I mean, a yeah. lot of guys aren't playing major perimeter weighted right. or anything. Like I still that, think bigger like, heads. If you can't get a any club head on the ball, yeah, yeah and that's just chopping yeah. it out. Yeah. yeah, and guys are stronger now, so it's. I, I think. No, I don't think it'll matter, because if if you've got a spot of rough that's twelve inches deep and the ball settles down six inches into it. I don't think the technology means anything. Yeah, and if anything, if you're hitting onto those cement greens out of the rough, you'd almost rather have the 1974 Bellata ball that you can spin the hell out of relative to the urethane balls that you play now. I saw a video of a caddy who walked over. I don't know who the caddy was. He didn't show his face. They were on a green. He was out there for a practice round. And he was towards the back side of the green. He said the green depth was 40 yards. This was a, you know, a large green. He took a ball, and he was towards the back. Yeah. You know, he might have thrown his ball seven, eight feet, and it's one like that. Set on the green, it rolled all the way off the front. Just yeah. on the back of the green, rolled all the way off. Yep. So I got a bold prediction here. The winner will be under par, and they will win by six shots. Tiger-esque. And it will be Xander Shoffley. I will agree with the winner possibility. I just don't see anybody shooting under par on that. I place. think he's accurate off the tee, accurate yeah. enough off the tee that he's got a legit shot. I like JT a lot this week, but obviously he's not as accurate off the tee box. I like Rory a lot this week. Rory's one of the best drivers of the golf ball on tour right now, okay. if not the yeah. best. And I mean, I feel like he's got a, his mind's in other places. It'll be interesting how he does play with a new kid. What two weeks ago? So, but are his putting stats hot enough to really? Get him there because he's either really on or really off with the putter. Yeah. yeah. I think the other person you got to watch out for, and this is my bold statement because he's terrible with the driver right now, is you do still have to pay attention to Phil because Phil has one of the most creative and one of the best short wedge games on tour still. Yeah. Can get himself out of some crazy spots with his wedges. So Yeah, yeah his, his driver's been Yeah, it's been bad. Way off, but. If he can dial it in a little bit or just whatever. Stuart sink one Sunday, so I mean, if there's any <coughs> time that Phil could do it, I guess why not? Con- dude, congrats, to eleven years, right? Yeah, like eleven years, five months, something. And he had his kid on the bag. Yeah, I saw an extended highlight clip. It was like eight minutes worth of him and his son talking through shots. And son called really him exciting. off a putt earlier this week. Yeah, so yeah, he, he told said his, it's breaking right. Yeah, it's not going. Well, I didn't have it going that way. Yeah, I think a guy. If we're throwing out bold predictions, I, I like your predictions. I don't think they're that right bold out there. Shoffley could win it one under. And yeah. technically I, and I think right. I think the last two U.S. Open, he's finished top five in both. So I think I don't know if I'll say he'll win, but if we're throwing out bold predictions, I'm going to keep an eye on Kevin Kisner this week. He's yes. another one because if he can be accurate, he's, yeah, he's not long, but his driving accuracy is 
good, and he's one of the best putters on tour also. Yeah. And I think you have to drive the ball well and putt well this week to win. I guess that's a so, typical statement for any major, but especially with the roughest. So do you long. think it – obviously you mentioned the guy hit the ball at, what, 240, 250 off the team was well short of the fairway. Mm-hmm. So there's got Brendan Todd, who's been playing very well since the restart, but he only hits the ball. I don't even know what his average off the tee is, like 275 maybe. Yeah, we looked it up it, the once, didn't we? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's got to hurt him. But even, obviously, some guys have said, yeah, I'd much rather hit a four iron out of the fairway than a nine iron out of the rough this week. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, a million percent. Yeah, you have no idea what's going to do with the right. club face off. So, yeah. You have to do everything you can to be in the fairway this week. Yeah, yeah. And that's why, like, Brendan Todd's obviously been very accurate off the tee. It doesn't hit the ball far, but. Now, when that guy did that scenario, there's like five tee boxes on that hole. They went all the way to the back of the back tee box. So, but supposedly they're having their having that par five play like six hundred and thirty something. Yeah, I, I saw like six thirty three or so something. It may be back there. But this is depending on how far it is tee to fairway. I think you could see somebody succeed this week hitting. Two iron stingers off the tee box. So does that put Woodland back in play? He hasn't been playing 100%, well, but I think. So they had uh, DJ's coach this morning on Golf Channel, Harmon Claude Harmon. Uh, he said he took a seven wood out of the bag, real dialed in from hundred mm-hmm. yards. Took a seven wood out and put one of those two irons in. Mm-hmm. He's like, I think that's going to be a good asset to him. He's he's carrying that right now around two eighty, two eighty five, a two iron. If he if he can accurately hit that two iron that long and he tees off with that a lot, uh, then he could be very hard to beat. Yeah, this week. So let me ask Kyle, and there's a reason I'm asking this: Are you excited to watch the tournament this weekend? Not just because it's a major, but I know why you're asking this. Yeah. Um. Oh, no, I'm being serious. Uh, yeah, I am because it's a major. I do have some issues with uh the u.s open at times not every year like i understand it's the u.s open we we expect this out of the u.s open some of my issues with the u.s open have come from the past and them just being ridiculous in my personal opinion we got i'm just gonna be blunt we got old heads out there doing course setup who probably on a six thousand yard course couldn't break 90 but they're gonna go out there and act like experts setting up pins and stuff like that. And then you got Mike, like Mike Davis is on TV today. He's like, oh, we tried to, you know, make it as easy as possible. No, you didn't. Like, when have you ever gone out and tried to make the U.S. Open as easy as possible? Like, don't start with that shit. Right. And then just some of these guys that they had for the USGA representing them, I just baffled them. Like, I guarantee you none of you assholes sitting up there acting like you know what you're talking about, but you just, you're in a high position USGA, so you're over there just puffing your chest. We could we can mow all the grass off this course and take down all the trees and none of you are probably going to break ninety or hundred. So I just that's my issue is we have people who probably truly don't understand golf to its full extent or play you know at a high level, and by high level at least you know they probably take more pride in their handicap member guests than they do their scratch tournaments right. is my point, and they're the ones out there making decisions for setup, and I think wasn't it last year they lost the golf course again. Was it, weren't they at Shinnecock? Or was the U.S. Yeah. Open last year? Yeah, Shinnecock. 
Was it Shinnecock? Yeah. And they or no, no Pebble Beach last year. Shinnecock was year before. Woodland won it. Pebble Beach last year. Where was uh? When was the last time we were at Shinnecock? Yeah, that was two years ago when <coughs> Brooks won. Because remember that was the conversation is. We were at Shinnecock, they lost the golf course, and then they turned around and they did it again. It's like, how do you screw that up again? Yeah. I mean, that's that's Shinnecock was twenty eighteen. Yeah. And they did. I mean, that was they did. They lost they almost lost the golf course again in the middle of the US Open. I'm like, how do you do that again? That was a story going into it. That's like you had one chop. Don't lose the golf course this week. Yeah, and I, and I was obviously asking him because a couple weeks ago Kyle said he didn't enjoy the BMW because he would much rather see. And I don't know if that was because Trying to get into the obviously into the tour championship. It's but, not a major, yeah. Right. So my my issue with that was I was just saying that making that jump from, you know, trying to get into the top thirty from seventy, I mean, it would have been nice if been a cool story if we had a few guys that went out and could put up you know, have a great week and got in. And when then we're talking about the the guy in the top thirty that went out and shot, you know, a couple rounds of sixty two and played his way into the Instead, we, we could have, in my opinion, we could have just skipped Chicago, taking the 30 guys after the 125 and say, hey, let's go to Eastlake. Because I don't yeah. think anybody really made a move, did they? Right. Everyone was out there protecting against par, and I, I don't know, just wasn't that exciting for me. Kind of took a lot of the, kind of put a lull in the middle of the playoffs. Yeah. I would like to see some guys go out and shoot some numbers. And, and right, the U.S. obviously, many courses, they have long rough, but, you know, you look at Pinehurst, obviously there's no, no rough there. But the greens, what the greens are, what make it difficult there. You could cut that rough down to three inches this week, and it's still going to play tough. They said they cut the rough at five inches, and I don't believe it. That's yeah, what Mike Davis said a month and a half ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what he said. Well, we've been cutting it to like five inches, they six probably, inches. Like, no, they you probably haven't. rolled it, and then the next day cut it to five inches, so it stood up five <laughs> inches. But the total blade length will be significantly I told you guys, longer. I, I saw a picture of a guy who went out. He, he just said it was from a random spot, and he plucked some grass. Yeah. And grabbed a blade and threw it on a table with a measure, and it was 20 inches. Yeah, like you were laughing, but I'm serious. Yeah. They probably did that because they're talking vertical height for the decks, but right. that doesn't have anything to do with the blade length. Yeah. I mean, you can get some nasty – I mean, if it's going to be all thatched up, it's going to start catching club yeah. heads for sure. You're going to see a lot of weird shots that where a guy's got 130 yards they're in gonna the They're going to look green. silly. Yeah, and you go, did he miss hit that? And it had nothing to do with his – yeah. His actual swing and strike, it's just the way it interacts with that rough. Yeah. I think it's going to be – I don't mind it during the U.S. Open. I really don't. I mean, I know there's some people who are like – I never understood the mentality of – I mean, I think I can speak for all of us. I enjoy watching U.S. Open because it's a major. And I, we all expect it because we know it's U.S. Open. It's mm-hmm. tough. It's, it's supposed to be. What I don't understand is the mentality from the casual, casual fan that's like, oh, I love the U.S. Open. I love watching these guys struggle. That's like – I mean, no, you don't. Sometimes I do like watch them struggle a little bit. But at the same time, it's like, that's why you watch the U.S. Open, watch these guys struggle. I I think to go back to you were talking about Eastlake being hard and no one making a move. There's Not Eastlake, Chicago. Well, Chicago, but no one really made a move at Eastlake either except one person. What was the average change? Half a place throughout the weekend? Point three. Because they handicapped it. Yeah. But that's what I was. The point being, there's a time and a place for it and I think the US Open serves as that time and place so even if they get into I've seen comments about goofy golf getting into the level of goofy golf where it just hit good shots even if you're spilling it out to the center of the green you can't hold them and everybody's chipping everywhere yeah this is the place for it how many weeks a year do we see guys shoot 25 under par 
Well, that's my point is we, we expect it this week mm-hmm. or whenever it normally for is. For anybody to complain about it is just, no, they're off because that's, this is the place you can make, but here's the other thing too, back to my USGA issues. You can make a major championship U S open golf course very hard and very U S open esque where you have to hit it in the right spots, but you can also set it up where it's completely ridiculous where it's not even, it's even not for the pros. Anymore, yeah. yeah. Make it fair, but challenging. Which Give them a chance a to make really a shot. fine line, too, though. Oh, with USG, yeah. They just <laughs> which is funny, right? Because obviously last year they were at Pebble, which, I don't know, Woodland was probably, what, 11 or 12 under? One, somewhere in there, yeah. I think. And then I think next year they're at Torrey Pines, which isn't a, you know, it's not too difficult. Well, the thing with, I think, with Pebble and, whoop, with Pebble and Torrey Pines, too, is yes. they have other tournaments there. Where right. some of these courses, they're completely groomed. They're ready for the you know the open or whatever. So and Gary made it to thirteen last year. So yeah, I'm excited. I am. I mean, I'm. We just we know they're going to struggle. That's the way it is. And I love a good grind session, four days, and like that guy's whoever wins this week is going to earn it. Oh yeah, for damn sure they're going right. to earn it. They're going to play great golf for four days, whether it be under par or over par. I just, I'm just hoping that. I guess the best way to put this is, because this was the issue at Shinnecock, is the story of the week should not be the USGA, it should be the golf. Because yes. that becomes the issue. This is stories, the USGA, their course set up and, or something. And it shouldn't be that. It should be the golf and the players. That's my issue. It's not about you old heads who probably can't even swing a golf club. Like, sit down. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to hear you talk. Like, they had their press conference. And I'm like, I don't want to hear these guys. I don't think I give a shit about these guys. I don't, I don't care what I don't care what Mike Davis has to say. I think the guy's a moron. And you never got back to me about my media pass, USGA. Fuck you. <laughs> Hot take. Not, now we're never going. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anything else for the uh, open predictions? Who do you think is going to win? You you say Shoffley. I think Shoffley wins. I'm going Morikawa <laughs> at three over. I'm going to go Rory at. at uh, I'm going to go five over what won it a few years ago. I put Dustin Johnson at even, just staying on that train. It's not a bad train. Just one player of the year, so. Yeah. Well, so did JT won the oh, yeah. points how, player of the year. But. How long do you think, not just DJ, but any player, how long do you think they can sustain that type of play? We, we see it every year, it seems, that you have a couple key players that they go through a couple weeks and then a couple weeks, and they're sort of bouncing it back. How long do you think he can – keep this level of play because we've seen him come in and out of it yeah who knows there's so much that goes that goes into that i tell you what i'm not gonna miss this week is hearing about brooks Kepka. yeah you're right not that i have a lot against the guy I just every time we have a major that's all we talk about is Kepka, and it's like he's not even there this week so we don't have to hear about it like let's more talk like we hear about his comments more yeah. than his play it i just want to watch yeah it's like that's we always go back to like if Kepka's playing the major like how he's won like congrats but i don't i don't know I want to hear from other guys too. <laughs> I want to say I feel bad for Scheffler though. Scotty Scheffler, yeah. yeah, I do too. I do too. That, that sucks, man. I just he's been playing well and then yeah, test positive. So, or I don't know if he actually tested positive, but he had symptoms. So, I think he tested positive. Yeah, he did. He did. Okay. Did he have symptoms? Do you know? Did they? I, I thought I, I thought I heard they had symptoms, but I, I guess I didn't see it when he. There was another somebody was else. Uh, so. Sam Horsfield. Yeah, he. I saw. He, I had him in one of my lineups. So he's from. So you know, he's from like Florida, right? Right. He plays in Europe. When he was a junior, 
he is uh he plays a lot of golf and is friends with Ian Poulter. Poulter's yeah. been raving about this guy for years. <laughs> and now he he come out on tour when he went to the University of Florida, didn't do great when he came out. He's done he's done pr- pretty well in Europe. So I don't so I just saw this on Twitter a few hours ago. So Lee Hodges, who played at Alabama, I think he's good friends with JT. He came out. He's playing his first U.S. Open this year, and he he said he's. They asked him what he was most excited about. He says it's the first tournament I've ever played with Tiger Woods. So then they said he goes. I told my caddy if we're four shots shots up on Saturday on him, we'll take a quad to play with him on the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably do that too. That sounds like an expensive <laughs> round of golf just to play the Tiger Woods. Yeah. <laughs> Sad. Ask him to play a practice round or something. Yeah, you got you got time off nine holes. Yeah, I'm pumped though. Uh, my pick is Rory. I think nobody drives the ball better than Rory right now. They're just in general. So I like Rory. Hey, can we talk quick about the uh, it A and A inspiration? You see the women's event? They had a, a- fake grandstand. Behind the 18th green, did you guys see? It was this? a wall. Yeah, I did not. It came into play on the last hole when which player was it? Was it Henderson that hit it? Or no, the girl who actually ended up winning. She's she the one backboarded it on purpose. On purpose. Right? Oh, and I. Then I heard. I saw her comments. Forces a playoff. Right. She said grandstand that shouldn't have. She said been there. Someone cold is just a so hit it as far a, as I can and hard. Normally there is a grandstand there, but the wall they put up this year was significantly longer. And higher than like, I don't want to say higher because there's a grandstand, but the wall itself was longer than normal. I mean, I don't. I, my opinion, there should be a grandstand there to begin with. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I kind of defeats say too. the purpose if of the whole. There's a pond behind the green, and you put a yeah. Kind of defeats the takes purpose. the teeth out of it for yeah. sure. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I, she just used the course to her advantage. She did. Yep. Yeah, and it's nothing against her. She it, made a great the, goes chip back shot, to the setup. We were talking USGA and setups, and now. Dude, this thing was a monstrosity. Week. You guys didn't see it? I didn't see it. I, yeah. I, I saw her comment. It was just a giant wall. and Yeah, I think she was between clubs and said, you know, I'm just going to throw yeah, it back I, there. I heard she was like, <laughs> just swing. I was just pull the three-wood out and just swing as hard Bang as I can. Yep. Yeah, club pro guy put out a, oh. <laughs> put out a fake quote <laughs> from her. So not a real quote, but oh, yes. shows her with the trophy and it says, I was very nervous, so I decided to just hammer a three-wood off that huge fucking blue wall. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. Yeah, that was, I mean, was, she made a great chip. She chipped in Freegal and got into the playoff and ended up winning, but, yeah, it's, I don't know. when they sh- I, I didn't know if the wall was always, and then I saw a picture of the wall and then the grandstand last year, and I'm like, why is there even a grandstand there? I, I, that I don't understand. Like, because, like you what? just said, it defeats the purpose. It's like uh, 15 at Augusta. You got the pond behind it. You can run it over going for that par five. That's the risk you take. Yeah, sure. let's put a big blue wall there. You put a big blue wall there. Like, oh, you guys want to hit You're the pond? You're going to see the average I score gotcha. drop. Yeah. Huh. So it's, I guess it's that, like the 17th, answers, 17th at Sawgrass and then having a wall in the back. Yeah. That, I guess that answers my question. I was, I was wondering if there's like media tents or something behind it and there's a bunch of cables and stuff. So they were just trying to block no, that. There's normally a grandstand there. No, it's, it's just, just, the just a pond, and then they threw the wall. Normally, it's somehow there's a grandstand there, but did you notice too? So that's the tradition of that tournament. They jump in the caddy and the player they jump, jump in, the, in the pond. It was more of a pool. It looked like. Do you know pond. why? Because one of the players did a few years ago. They jumped in, and the caddy. Yeah, I think so. Broke a, broke their leg. 
because it was a legit pond. Mm. And he, like, jumped in, and there was a rock or something and broke his leg or her leg, whatever. Poppy's pond. So that's why it's it's literally a pond. It's a pool now. Yeah. Poppy's pool. Yep. <laughs> All right, you guys want to move on to – you got a hockey update? Uh, There's not too much. So Dallas – Dallas Stars eliminated Vegas, so they've moved on to the Stanley Cup final. A little bit of a shocker there? Yes. Yep. Vegas's offense just did not show up for that series. So they're five on five offense. Some I think you two were talking last week and said if Dallas and the Islanders are in the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll happen still. Yeah. So the Islanders won last night, but Tampa still has a three to two lead on them. Yeah. If Dallas Dallas isn't as bad. To me, the Islanders are rather boring to watch. So Dallas, the NHL, from the NHL standpoint, if it's Dallas and the Islanders, that would get much worse ratings. It would be a bore, relatively boring series right. to watch. think the NHL was rooting for Vegas to get in? Yes. Yeah. Yes, for 100%. sure. 100%. Yeah. Yep. I'd, in my opinion, the Islanders will not win. Well, it would be three in a row because they won last night. They won't win three in a row against Tampa, but... Um, we keep talking about the goalies, Leonard and Flurry. So the rumor is, so Leonard is a free agent. The rumor is he's got like a handshake agreement with Vegas for a five-year, five million per contract that will be signed whenever the season's over. So when what and does that mean for Flurry then? Does he have a large contract too? He's still got like three years more than at, that per year. I'm sorry, more. More per year. Yeah, than the he's five. got like three years left at like six and a half. So he will either be traded or bought out. He won't. If this is true and they're signing Leonard, Fleury will not be in Vegas next year. Which could be good for somebody else. Seattle, Seattle could take him. Yeah, I mean, that's how he got to Vegas, right? All right. Like expansion or whatever. I don't know if they'll want the six and a half million, but. Seattle, they don't start next year, though, do they? It's the year after? Yeah, they got. They got a whole nother year. I thought the draft was next year. I thought they were – I I saw something that said they were doing the draft. No. Their expansion draft was coming up. No, because they don't come in the league till right. 21, 22. <laughs> they wouldn't draft those players and then not play for a year. Give them a year off. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could still end up in Seattle with wherever he is next year, but – Right. And then get drafted. He gets bought out and signs a one year. Yeah. But, no, he won't be in Vegas, I don't think. So, yeah, not a whole lot going on. Dallas is advanced. We're just waiting for the East to finish. I think it'll be Tampa. So. Three stars. Anything else? Uh, baseball did finalize bubble cities. They get approved. I saw that was a not, like union vote or something. Yeah, it, yeah, so it's definitely, but it's not the, the I don't even know what they called the first round. The wild card round. It is not for the wild card round. They're still going to play those at the top seed site. It's and then after, after that. that they'll move to Do we know the, what cities? Um Arlington and LA San Diego. Oh that's right. Or our, I, I think they said Arlington and Houston and then which seemed very far apart, but whew. What? What happened? Is there a bullfrog in here too? <laughs> yeah, crickets, frogs. You're fighting that cricket. We really need so. to message those wipes. <laughs> Dude wipes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they did announce today with the series, when a series starts, there are no off days. So Good. if you play seven games, you will play seven days in a row. Ooh. So, wow. 
that makes sense if you're yeah. staying in one bubble city. Right. There's right. no travel days. I like yeah, it. so that and a bit, that'll be interesting, right, for pitchers. Because usually they, you know, in playoffs you could go a three-man rotation. They'll have to go it, It'd be very hard to go three-man rotation. Yeah, they'll have to go. Yeah, you could not do four to five. Yeah. So <clears throat> that make it that make it a little more interesting. Have they made changes to? Uh, are they going to make changes for these guys? Like you said, you might have to, if they're playing seven days in a row, they're going to have to use more pitchers. They're probably going to want to carry more pitchers. Are they making exceptions to the playoff roster size? I did not see that. I feel I like that, that might not be out there yet, but I feel like that's a good question. Say, I haven't yeah. read any of these details, but I, I would expect no. You don't think so? No. And they, and they have said they think the expanded playoffs, the eight teams per, will go into the future. I could see And that. there's talk of shortening the season. I mean, my biggest gripe with the normal playoffs is the uh, – I like the play-in game, but I just don't – I think it should be a series of three, not a whole game. Yeah. Just one game. That's yeah, my only hang-up. I don't like either of those ideas. I don't like the Which permanent, one? the permanent eight teams or shortening the season. Yeah, I don't either. Definitely not the shortening the season. I don't like shortening the season because then you can no longer compare any sort of season records right. to the history books. You're probably not even obtainable. Some of them, you know, without playing a full. Yes, hundred percent. I mean, if you short, I, I don't know what numbers they've discussed. If you shorten a season by. 30 games. Yeah, I, I, I saw you never, 20 to 30. Sure. Yeah, that's right. crazy. You may never – then you you have a chance of never seeing a 20-game winner or a 50-home run hitter again if you shorten the season. That's right. true. Yep. And from my perspective, not shortening the season, I don't think there's a need to expand the playoffs. You play so many freaking games already that at the end of it, you should already have it kind of weeded out of – what teams yeah, I just would like playoffs. to see that one game play and go to a series yes, best of three, at, at least a three game. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. With the expanded, I just real quick the expanded playoff. If the playoffs started today, there's a lot of rivalry matchups in the first round. You have Dodgers, Giants, Braves, Phillies, Cubs, Cardinals, and then Padres, Marlins in the NL, and the AL would be White Sox, Indians, Tampa, Toronto. Oakland, Houston, and then Minnesota Yankees. So there's three, six total actual division teams playing each other in that first round of the playoffs. If it ended, if it started today, I just, I haven't. Been, I just feel like I haven't gotten into baseball this year. Yeah, I haven't watched. It's been, it's, I don't know a ton of it either. But I think it's up. I think it's part to do what we talked about last week. There's so much other stuff going on. As yeah. much as we miss sports, and we're glad they're back. <clears throat> I'd rather be watching. Hockey every night, and that's what I've chosen. Yeah. We only got a week and a half left. So. Yeah, it's like a hierarchy. Whatever's closer to the end of the season, you got to watch that. Yeah. It's just not enough you, time. I think if you're a sports fan right now, you're figuring out which, what are your couple favorite sports. Yep. Because you're tuning into those and ignoring the other ones. Yep. Basketball has gone way down the list to me. And I think golf is still leading in the ra- uh, ratings on TV, so it's a good thing. Yeah. Even after, like, week one of football? Football was down, like, 23%. Really? Interesting. I have my theories here we won't get into on this yeah. podcast. No. Got it. You move on to three stars? Sure. Uh, who wants to go first? Do you have a dud this week, by the way? Yeah. I don't know if you're going to like it, so we'll leave it for the end. I always like your duds. Sweet. Uh, I'll go first. My third star is a quarterback who might not see the field this year, uh, Josh McCown. Signed a sweet deal with the Eagles. 
to be their he's on their practice squad and their emergency quarterback. So the Eagles are one team that somewhat addressed the COVID situation where if one quarterback were to test positive, how do you isolate the other ones? So they signed Josh McCown to practice squad, as I mentioned. Josh McCown is living in Texas at his home. He's not going to Philadelphia. He is calling into team meetings. He's being sent videos of team practice so that he knows the playbook. And then he has two sons that are high school football players, so he is going on to the field with them and practicing. He's the world's first remote football player. I actually saw that term pretty much used. Really? He's basically... Wait working, to hear the contract. He's basically working remotely, <laughs> and he's getting paid twelve thousand dollars a week to do this. <laughs> I love this. Guy. So he's getting paid twelve grand a week by the Eagles to live in Texas and play catch with his sons, basically. And should something happen in Philadelphia and they've got an emergency situation, he would be thrust into their starting. They'd role. probably throw him in a private jet and bring him up. Yep. And he's not your first star. That's. I mean, he might become the backup soon for other reasons. We don't know that. Yeah. So. Josh McCown, sweet contract, living the life. My third star of the week. <laughs> my third star, you'll see a theme with my uh, picks here. Adam Duvall, outfielder for the Braves, has 10 home runs already in September. He is tied for the National League, League in home runs with 15. Um, and he has the fourth highest OPS in the NL right now and third highest on his team. The Braves have four of the top five in the NL. OPS leaders. All right. I'm going to go with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Hilaire, however you want to say it. Um, kind of, I think he kind of led the way this week, and I think we saw a lot of rookies actually do more than we're used to in the NFL this week. A lot of guys I thought played very well. I thought CeeDee Lamb looked all right. I thought Judy looked okay. And even Moss for the Bills, he scored his first touchdown. But Edwards Hilaire, I mean, Great game. He had like 128 yards or something like that. So uh, he's my third star of the week. Uh, my second star, a guy who I had no idea who he was, I will admit that, Alec Mills, pitcher for the Cubs. He threw a no-hitter against the Brewers on uh, September 13th, so that would have been Sunday. Uh, five strikeouts, three walks. So he was three walks away from the perfect game, but no-hitters will – Pretty much always get credit from me. So. Pretty early in his career too, right? Like Fifteen <coughs> start or something yeah. like that. Yep. Yep. And solid. My second star is Albert Pujols, who was a star for me, I think, a couple weeks ago. It is tied Willie Mays for fifth all time in the home run list with six sixty. Um and a couple notes on milestones for Pujols. So he hit his six sixtieth on Sunday. Alc Mills threw the no hitter. The night of his three thousandth hit. The Dodgers threw a combined no-hitter. The night of his 600th home run, Edison Volquez threw a no-hitter. And the night that he hit his 2088th RBI, which tied or Pat, or tied A-Rod, I think, or somebody for third or fourth all-time, that next day Giolito threw a no-hitter. 288th RBI? 2088. Oh. So, hmm. if, if Pujols is close to a milestone, you can... Almost guarantee you, maybe a no hitter is coming soon. <laughs> uh, my second star of the week is Stuart Sink, which we already talked about. Uh, first win on tour in eleven years, something like that. Since 
the Open in 2009. Yeah, and it's also the last time the top of his head has seen sun. <laughs> yeah. So, but the big part here is not only did he win, he did it with his son on the bag. Yep. So that's got to be a pretty cool, like, father-son moment. And uh, like you said, there was some audio out there of his son calling him off some putts and being pretty brutally honest with him. So Nice little payday when you're hanging out with old dad. Too. Yeah, he probably didn't get much. He probably got the coochie treatment. <laughs> My second star of the week is Stuart Sink. Uh, my first star of the week, I hinted at another quarterback. Uh, Russell Wilson tore it up this week. Uh, 31 of 35 passing attempts. That is 88.6% pass completion, which in the history of football for a single game with minimum of 35 attempts, that's the third highest completion percentage ever. Um, 322 yards, four touchdowns, no no interceptions, so pretty good week one for Russell Wilson. I would agree. And I think, just adding on, you mentioned the completion percentage. So Minshew was obviously like 95%, but he only had, he was like 19 to 20. I think he was like over 90% in his last game last year. He's like first quarterback ever to go. Minshew? Yeah, back-to-back like 90% completion percentage. <laughs> I don't totally buy into the Minshew I, I don't hype. either, but. I think it's cool like he's got the hair, he's got the mustache. He had good games last year, but I don't think he was consistent enough for us to be, like, raving about him. Right. Or otherwise, I mean, if he was that good, we wouldn't be talking about Jacksonville drafting a quarterback number one next year right. already. Yeah. <laughs> so my first star is Freddie Freeman, um, my baseball theme here. He In his last seven games, he's hitting 500. I think he's got four home runs, 14 RBIs. Um, he is now leading the NL in batting average. Um in my opinion, he probably, he might be the leader, NL MVP. It'll be interesting how votes go because obviously everybody's been all over Tatis, and he's really slowed down in the past two to three weeks. He's only hitting 280 now, and he's like fourth or fifth in the NL and RBIs now. Um, so he's just slowed down, and Freeman's kind of taken off. So, And that'll be interesting. a little insight into my – blog so um, coming out is MVP races. That'd be an interesting debate. Yeah. First star of the week is Josh Allen being the first bill to throw over 300 yards since 2016. And yeah. Josh looked great. We already talked about it. He looked very mature out there and I'm looking forward to what the rest of the season just kind of how it unfolds with him. So my first star of the week is Josh Allen. Is it dud time? Uh, I actually have a star of the week. Oh, we got a surprise. Uh, my star of the week goes to, and it's probably it seems off the wall at best, the Bears. Only because if there's anything I like to watch more than the Lions lose, it's to watch them crumble hard in the fourth quarter <laughs> and to watch a cohesive 21-point fourth quarter that it wasn't just Mitch out there slinging shots. You've got a lot. They're not great rushing numbers, but everybody put some numbers up. So I will say this for everybody out there. When you left here, actually you hadn't even left here yet. You were just in the recliner, and I was like, Lions is running away with it right now. And you said in your half-sleep stupor in my recliner. I always fall asleep here for some yeah. reason. <laughs> He's like, don't worry. The Lions will blow it in the fourth quarter. And at that point, I mean, they were up like 20 points. I was like, what? That's a lot of, a lot of points, you know. Taylor leaves, and all of a sudden we get a text. I told you the Lions are blowing <laughs> the fourth. uncanny. <laughs> All right, let's hear the dud. All right. You might not like it. I'll give you my monologue, though. My dud of the week goes to Skip Bayless for his comments about Dak Prescott. I do 
I like this dud. I didn't know if we were going to touch on it or not, but I, it's not I, political. No, it's, I, I kept it out of that, that yep. weeds. Uh, we have players making all kinds of statements about life and virtues. But finally, a player comes forward to say something that needs to be said, and it's completely bipartisan. And I'd call it wholesome almost. He's bringing to light a real issue that people deal with. And for the record, his brother just didn't. Oh, okay. He didn't like die because he had a disease or something. His brother committed suicide. Exactly. It wasn't like it was pretty sudden. It wasn't expected. So carry and on. To have a comment made about it is one thing, but to be slandered by the king of sticking his foot in his mouth, it, it just it can't make his public image get any worse than it already is. It's already being distorted by the deal that we know he's got burner accounts to make himself look good. Like, once you've done stuff like this to make yourself kind of look like an idiot, why would you come out with a hot take like that? I know it's their job to have a hot take, but... Let's stick to sports, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I just... I highly anticipate him getting fired this week from whoever he's going to... Because he made the comment on Fox Sports, right? But he also does stuff with ESPN. Yes. And it gets you down like a wormhole of going, do all of these ESPN guys just want to start beef? Like Stephen A. Smith, it seems like you're seeing him all over the place constantly about comments. Just I don't know. Just a litany of things. I don't The Skip Bayless that. thing was was extremely – you know what the weird part was? I don't know if you guys – have you guys seen the clip of yeah. him saying that? No. Did you see yeah. it? No. Before he says it, he knows he's about to be an asshole, and he like basically like puts it out there. Like, I know I'm going to get attacked for this. It's kind of like how we put it out there. And then he makes just like, just like a classless comment about a guy, like you said. Dak came out and made a wholesome comment and very transparent, which is tough for anybody that's dealing with depression or anything. And he basically, you know, he comes out and he's open about it. And then Bayless basically like roasting for him, like, oh, well, you should. Basically said a leader shouldn't come out with a point of weakness like that. You're the quarterback, technically the CEO of the football no. team. You should. How how are you not able to lead and work out? I don't I don't buy it. Is basically what he said, and that's ridiculous. He should be fired. He shouldn't be allowed on TV anymore. Yeah. Prior to this too. Sorry to bring it down at the end. No no no, I no it's it, fine. It needed to be said. I think. No, I didn't. I didn't know if we were going to go down that rabbit hole. I actually kind of forgot about it, but I'm kind of glad you brought it up because on a really serious note, I mean that's like you said, you can put it great. I mean, the guy who is already on the spotlight and what they someone call America's team. And he basically opens up, basically saying, I needed help, or I still do, I'm still battling it. And then for some asshole to downplay it like that, that sits behind a desk and average 1.7 points in his JV team, <laughs> it's bullshit. So, yeah, I agree. I'd like your dud of the week. Don't ever question that. Any Anything else, boys? Housekeeping? No. Nope. good? Okay. All right, gentlemen, good week. See you next week.